I invite you to pray with me this morning. Holy God, you have a word for us today, a word of comfort and a word of challenge, a word of hope and a word of guidance for our lives. Make our hearts soft. Plant your word in us that it may bear fruit through our lives. Amen. We heard in uh, Paul's letter to the church in Galatia today, for you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. In Paul's bold and powerful letter to the Galatians, he exhorts us to love one another fully and defines what freedom in Christ actually means. As we read in this passage in Galatians, I wonder what questions surface up for you. For me, one of the questions is this. As Christians, what do we mean by the word freedom, particularly that freedom we have in Christ? As I was thinking about it this week, I remembered that a while back, uh, my kids approached uh, Gail and I and asked us if they could, we could have what was called a special day, uh, a yes day. Uh, a whole day where they c- anything that they want to do, they can do, and any requests that they make of us, we're required to say yes. Now, when you're nine, 10 years old, uh, this seems like the ultimate freedom, like a really good idea, right? Apparently, there's a movie or a book uh, based on this where they got the idea. I refuse to watch it on principle. <laughs> but one doesn't have to imagine very far to think about the types of requests that might happen had we granted this yes day, right? Would there be joy and kindness? Probably. Would there be gentleness and patience? Maybe. Would there be self-control? Mm-mm. <laughs> Generosity? Probably not. After the 13th bowl of ice cream or the ninth hour of playing Fortnite, you might just start to get a sense of what Paul is talking about here today and trying to teach us. Is it really freedom to indulge our every desire, especially if those desires lead to suffering for ourselves or for others, for our neighbors? Is that really freedom? Is that really the abundant life that Jesus has for us? And before we dive too deeply into the passage today, I think a bit of context for Galatians might be helpful. Who is Paul writing to and why? In some of Paul's letters, many of them, he's writing to a specific church in a specific city in the ancient world, Philippians, Corinthians, for example. But here, Galatia isn't a city, it's a region. It's it's what's a region in what's today Turkey. And so there's no clear consensus on what this community was that Paul was writing to. Is it one single church in Galatia or several churches in that region? We don't know for sure. But what we do know is this, that there was a serious question they had been wrestling with. For those who are non-Jews, for Gentiles who become Christian, who come to faith, do they need to become Jews too? Meaning, do they need to follow all of the Mosaic laws found in uh, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, remembering that there were over 600 specific rules in the Torah that, that the Jewish people were supposed to obey, things like circumcision and dietary laws, Sabbath laws, and so many more. The Jewish Christians in Galatia had heard uh, someone preaching a version of the gospel that led them to believe that new Gentile Christians had to follow all of these Old Testament Jewish laws, just like the Jewish people. And Paul says emphatically, no. In fact, he says this is not only not necessary, but actually in doing so, you're completely missing the point of Jesus. 
altogether. You're placing your trust for salvation in these works of the law, in your works, not in the grace of God found in Christ Jesus. You're actually committing idolatry and leading people away from Christ. The death and resurrection of Jesus freed you from sin and death and the law. But then there's a challenge, right? Okay, Paul, so we're freed from the law, but then how do we know the boundaries? If we're freed from the law, does that mean, woohoo, we can party every day, do whatever we want? It's not just a yes day, it's a yes life. Well, no, Paul says, that's not actually freedom. We are freed from the law so that we are freed for loving one another. Freed for living that joyful, peace-filled, abundant life in the Spirit. As Paul said today, the whole law is summed up in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I think we tend to make this mistake with the word freedom, defining it all too often to mean I can do whatever I desire. But that's then just about me. And freedom in Christ isn't just about me. It's not just about ourselves. It's about us together. It's about others. It's about our neighbors. And this, I think, is where Paul's teaching becomes so, so brilliant. Paul lays out these contrasting visions, these ideas. On the one hand, there's the fruit of the Spirit, and on the other, the works of the flesh. And Paul says that sometimes these things that we sometimes desire because of our sinful nature, or the flesh, as Paul calls it, are not things that are life-giving but things that harm others. And Paul says in this brilliant way that indulging these things, that's actually not freedom. That's in fact the opposite. That's submitting again to the yoke yoke of slavery. If we indulge these base desires saying, I can do whatever I want, things like sexual immorality, idolatry, jealousy, anger, quarrels, drunkenness, sorcery. Well, maybe we don't get tempted by sorcery so much today, but you see what he's getting at. That's not actually freedom. That's actually being a slave to sin and throwing away the freedom that we have in Christ. In, Paul, in uh, Romans chapter 7, Paul writes about this struggle in his own life, this tension that we try to balance as Christians. In verse 15, he says this, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Or again in verse 19, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. There's this tension there. What then is this freedom we have in Christ? Paul says it's life in the Spirit, a life where we see the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, a life of love, a life of joy, having a constant peace inside, kindness and generosity. This, this is true freedom. These are the things that God wants for your life. God's desire is for each and every one of us to have a life filled with joy, a life every day where we have peace, where we know, where we're able to give and receive kindness, that our lives would be so filled with love and gentleness that we cannot help but live generously. I think there's a t-shirt about that. I think we all desire these things deep down inside, don't we? But how many of us find ourselves filled with love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness, and generosity all the time, every day. It's a struggle, isn't it? In fact, it can be pretty easy to find ourselves getting consumed by these things on Paul's works of the flesh list. 
For example, have you ever found yourself feeling consumed by jealousy or envy? You don't want to. You want to let it go, but it just gets in your mind and it just won't let go. Or what about anger? You know you, you want to let it go. You want to move on, but you just can't stop thinking about it. It's like it's on a repeat loop in your mind. We can't stop. So if the life that God wants for each and every one of us is a life filled with the fruit of the Spirit, with love, joy, peace, and patience, how do we break free when we find ourselves consumed by these other things? Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Finding rest in prayer, rest in Christ, to prayerfully meditate on these fruits of the Spirit. You know, when I'm finding myself uh, feeling consumed by anger, I'll take time to stop and breathe and pray and meditate on words of, of joy. What brings joy in my life? Where does God bring joy in the world around me? Or maybe on the word peace or the word kindness to focus our minds on God's peace, on Christ's joy. As I've done some uh, reading and, and exploring on my own tendencies to get consumed by some of these things, it's frankly very easy for me to get consumed by negativity. I know Gail would deny that if you asked her, but it's true. As I seek to cultivate some of these fruits more and more in my own life, one of the things that I've read that I found really interesting and helpful is that it's very, very difficult for us to will our emotions to change. I mean, think about this. When you're feeling a lot of anger or sadness, you can't just flip a switch and all of a sudden you feel, I think I'm going to feel fine now, right? It doesn't work that way. But it is pretty easy to will our thoughts to change. And so one of the things that we do is we focus our thoughts on, on things that are positive. And when we pray over some of these words like joy or kindness and we meditate in prayer in Christ, we find that when our thoughts change, our emotions can follow. And that fruit of the Spirit, where do I see joy? Where do I feel and experience kindness in the world? That starts to reframe our perspective. And then we find a freedom. Freedom to walk in the, the life God desires for us. And friends, the world is filled with plenty of anger and jealousy and strife, right? There's no shortage of messaging around us telling us to indulge our every unhealthy desire or to serve ourselves first. What the world needs more of is the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, I think our world is starving for these things. And often people don't even know it. That's part of why our VBS this year was called Compassion Camp, focusing and on teaching our, our kids compassion and kindness and the source of these things in our lives, the source of our love, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the first day of Compassion Camp VBS, uh, Kira, who was leading our openings and closings this week, she asked our kiddos what would they do if they saw someone around them hurting, either on the outside or the inside. And there was no shortage of answers, and they were beautiful. So much kindness, so much compassion, so much generosity. I was reminded that we have so much to learn or to relearn from our kids sometimes. That's why we're doing things throughout this summer, like having a, a party despite the rain, to have joy in our lives together. My challenge for us this week is this. What burden have you been carrying What's consuming you that you need to let go of? And can you take time each day to rest in prayer and meditate prayerfully on one of these fruits of the Spirit? 
This week, can we increase the fruit of the Spirit in our lives and therefore decreasing these other things that get in the way of the life, the freedom God has for us? And guess what, friends? In doing this, it's not just good for us. It's not just good for you and for me. When we are able to walk in the Spirit, it's almost like a superpower because your joy can dissolve the strife that someone else is feeling. Your peace can diffuse the anger in another. Your love can cure the hatred that might be stirring in someone's heart. So may the Holy Spirit increase the fruit in your life. May you experience deeply and then radiate brilliantly love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let us pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for your Holy Spirit that frees us from the ways we get consumed by these things and gives us true life, abundant life, a life of love and joy and freedom in you. Lord, help us to take time each day to receive these gifts that you give. Help us to stay connected to you, to your church, to your spirits, that we might radiate these gifts to a world that is desperate for these things. Lord, be with us in all these things that we do in the week ahead. Lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.